checking in on Todd Gurley, Aaron Jones, and Mike Williams on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Welcome into another episode of Fantasy Football in 15 here at The Athletic. It is Wednesday, August 26th. I am Michael Beller. I am joined by Derek Van Riper. DVR, what's going on today? It's like the last day of school for me. I'm off for the rest of the week. I haven't had any days off yet this year. Uh, I mean, I've had weekends and regularly scheduled days sure, off, sure. but um, no... No vacation days taken thus far. I figured I should use some while the weather's still nice because you could do a few things outside. It would be bad to get to the end of the year and still have all of your vacation days left given the limitations on indoor activities. So uh, I'm excited to get a little time off. Yeah, man. Well, uh, it's well-deserved. So I'm going to miss you the next couple of days, but uh, definitely well-deserved and hope you enjoy yourself and come back ready for football because by the time you get back, we are going to be, what, just about... 10 days away or so from uh, from the first game of the season between the Chiefs and the Texans and uh, two weeks away from, a little bit less than two weeks away from that first full Sunday. So uh, recharge the batteries now because we've got a whole lot of football ahead of us the next four months. We're going to dive right into our big stories for the day. Uh, first one is a little bit of coach speak, but it feels like coach speak worth talking about on Tuesday. Dirk Cutter come out says that he thinks Todd Gurley is going to get 15-plus touches per week, saying anywhere from 50 to 25 touches per week for Todd Gurley. Now, we could debate what the exact number is going to be, right? We're not necessarily concerned with the exact number. But let's just say that this Falcons team is committed to Gurley serving that role. I think we probably already thought he was going to be somewhere in that neighborhood. I think where it gets hard to really uh, trust Gurley is, A, can he do that week after week? And B, how many times is it going to be 15? And how many times is it going to be 25, right? Because there's a big difference if we're talking 15, 15, 15, 13, 17, 15, 15 versus 15, 15, 18, 16, 19, 16, right? I mean, obviously you would rather have that second group of touches rather than the first group of touches. And no matter what Dirk Cutter says now, I do fear that it's not going to be able to hold up week after week after week. So I understand where this is coming from. I still feel as though Todd Gurley is getting a little bit drafted too highly. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem is exactly what we saw last year. It's pretty much what you described. If you go back week by week, we saw 15 carries in the opener. Then we saw 19 touches the week after. Then we saw 14. Then we saw 12. Then we saw 18. Then we had a week off. Then we had 19. Then we had 10. I think you get the point. Like it, it's just it was all over the road during his final season with the Rams. If the average comes out to 15 plus per week, and he was at 16.9 touches per game when you take the rushing attempts and the receptions and put them together from last season. But the week to week inconsistency was a problem. He was very touchdown dependent. His role in the passing game wasn't as consistent as it had been in years past. Is any of that actually going to change? If the answer is no, I'm with you. He's slightly overdrafted. If the answer is yes, if he's a little more reliable in the passing game in half PPR and full PPR leagues, that floor creeps up just a little bit, right? How he gets those touches matters quite a bit. And the efficiency is also a question too, of course. Down at 3.8 yards per carry last year. Is that who Todd Gurley is at this stage of his career? Or can he get back into the mid to high four range? We've seen that in three of his first five NFL seasons. So what does year six bring in term of, terms of efficiency? I think that's a fair question to ask. But uh, this to me just seems like the necessary, this is how we're going to use him. 
And broadly speaking, it's not that different from last year unless they're able to make those touches a more consistent week-to-week sort of distribution. Yeah, I'm not actually really concerned about the likes of Quadriolison and Brian Hill taking touches away from him. And it's not to say that they're not good players who aren't going to have their roles in the offense. I just don't really see them being guys who end up uh, getting, you know, 10-plus carries per game, right? This isn't Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. It's not going to be like that, and it wasn't like that for Devontae Freeman in his last year with the Falcons. I just think it's going to be very inconsistent, and the passing game usage is really where things could go off the rails for Todd Gurley because Dirk Cutter and Matt Ryan, this is their second stint together, and and over the years when they've been together, this has been a very effective, high-volume passing offense, and the back's going to have to fit into it no matter who it is. Even if it was Todd Gurley of a couple of years ago, I think he would have had to find a way to fit into a pass-first, pass-often offense, and he could have done that. I'm not sure if the Todd Gurley of 2020 and going forward is going to be able to fit into that. You throw in the injury concerns on top of it, and he's a guy who ultimately has been pretty easy for me to stay away from in my drafts thus far. A few wide receiver injuries to just mention here. Allen Robinson has an ankle injury. He sat out Bears practice on Tuesday. Matt Nagy after practice said it's minor, no big deal. Don't worry about it. We'll keep an eye on it over the next couple of days. A.J. Green hurt his hamstring on day one of Bengals practice, but according to R.J. Morrison, return to practice for A.J. Green is imminent. A.J. Green still going right around wide receiver 30 in your typical draft. Brandon Ayuk, we've been talking about him quite a bit over the last few days. 49ers are calling him week to week with that hamstring injury. So at this stage, week to week means week one could potentially be in doubt for him. Let's get back to the running back position and talk about Aaron Jones. Again, no real news to talk about with Aaron Jones. Uh, All the word coming out of camp is that he looks great. He's looked like one of the best players in Packers camp, which to be expected since he is one of the best players on that Packers team. But you know, I, I got to thinking, DVR, as I was scrolling through the news and looking for us to talk things to talk about today, Aaron Jones popped out at me, not because I'm surprised to see how well he's doing in camp, but, but because we haven't talked about him at all. I mean, he is the one guy in that late first, early second round range, especially at the running back position, given the emphasis on that position this season and how people are really making runs on that position happen early. We haven't talked about him at all. He's the one guy in that group, right? How often have we talked about Kenyon Drake? Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon. We are talking about those guys. Seemingly every time we turn our heads, another one of their names is coming out of our mouth. Meanwhile, the guy who had 19 touchdowns last year is never mentioned. And I feel like he's getting a little bit overlooked. I think I know where you stand on this, but where is he on your board when we look at that group of players? I think he's pretty appropriately priced, but he's definitely someone I think about at the end of round one. I try to pair him with a receiver and... I look at him as kind of equal to Josh Jacobs, and I think Jones goes about three picks later in terms of average draft position. I like Jones a bit more than Austin Eckler because I trust the Packers' offense and Jones' usage more than I trust the way the Chargers are going to use Eckler. And I would take Aaron Jones over Kenyon Drake too, but that says more about my reservations about Drake than extreme confidence in one more level from Aaron Jones. If there's going to be a repeat of what we saw from Aaron Jones last season in terms of fantasy points per game, he was close to 20 fantasy points per game in full PPR, I think it's going to be because he gets one more lift in the passing game. The Packers didn't change a lot about their group of pass catchers. The one change they made was bringing in Devin Funches. Devin Funches opted out. And we saw some games last year in which Aaron Jones was heavily involved as a pass catcher. 
but it was very up and down. The way he was used out of the backfield as a pass catcher varied a lot from week to week. If they get to a point where he's getting six or seven targets per game out of the backfield, he could jump up one more level with that reception count, maybe push it up to 70 or 75 catches. He had 49 catches a year ago. But 2019 was the first time that he was out there for a full 16-game season. I think the number of carries he had at 236 is right in line with what they'd give him again this year. Even if you have A.J. Dillon sort of replacing Jamal Williams, you do have complimentary backs there that can take away some of the short yardage opportunities. And 19 touchdowns, I think, is a a bit over his skis, so there's a little bit of regression coming there. He just has to fight that regression with a bigger role in the passing game, which I think he can do. The question is, how much bigger is that role? Is it 10 catches? Is it 20 catches? Or is it somehow like 30-plus more tacked onto last year's total? Yeah. I mean, 19 touchdowns is out over everyone's skis, right? I mean, how many 19 touchdown seasons did Marshall Falk or LaDainian Tomlinson have? It'd be foolish to expect him to score 19 touchdowns, but we love that offensive environment. I mean, you know, it wasn't the explosive Packers offense that we are used to last season, but you still saw Aaron Rodgers go up over 4,000 yards. They went 13-3. and A lot of it was because of what they were able to do offensively and how efficient they were offensively. If you roll through ADPs, and you're going to be able to find a lot of different ADP sources, so I've just got a few for you here fantasy pros if you go half ppr scoring which is you know basically the standard across the industry now they'll give you composite between yahoo and fan tracks and there you are seeing aaron jones as the 22nd player off the board in a typical draft yahoo's got him 21 fan tracks has got him 19 nffc these are you know high stakes players so maybe a little bit sharper of a crowd right there he is going 15th overall they got the uh, guy who's coming off the board at the third pick the second round in a typical draft. I'll go over to four for four. They combine pretty much every source where anyone's going to play. Yahoo, ESPN, CBS, NFL.com, all of those. They put those all together. And you've got Aaron Jones as the 20th player by ADP. And it just feels as though he is paying unfairly for the season he had last year, right? People just see those 19 touchdowns. They say he can't do 19 touchdowns again. They drafted A.J. Dillon, regression, regression, regression. But they're not pointing to the fact that he has been a very efficient, good, explosive player for his entire career. There's reason why we were buying an Aaron Jones breakout going into last season, and it's because of what he did the year before that, and even in a bit role in his rookie year uh, when he got opportunities from Mike McCarthy. Now we're seeing him get a little bit more opportunity from Matt LaFleur. I think he is one of the easiest picks at ADP, and I'm with you. I am willing to reach. I think he is more in the um, you know Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs range rather than that mid to late second round range where you are often seeing him go so he is one of my favorite guys to target and it's hard to target guys that early in drafts because a lot of people want him but when we talk about those early round targets he is definitely one of my favorites at ADP few things to talk about before we get to our last big story of the day a few more injury issues here but before that we got a message for you from one of our sponsors All right, DVR, a few more injury things to get to before our last big story here. Brashad Perriman should return this weekend. He's been dealing with a knee injury at Jets camp. Kiki Kuti has a stress fracture in his foot. Obviously not good news for a guy who has had injury issues in the past and who is looking up at a whole lot of names on that wide receiver depth chart in Houston. Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Randall Cobb, Kenny still still there. So Kiki Kuti could find himself buried by the time he is able to return from that injury. Devin Asiasi, who Emery Hunt mentioned on yesterday's Athletic Fantasy Football podcast, has a deep, deep, deep sleeper at the tight end position. He 
left practice on Tuesday, a few hours after Emery was talking about him. So I don't know, Emery, you might want to watch out for that voodoo doll. Uh, he hurt his uh, foot ankle uh, somewhere in there. Uh, no word as to the severity, so we'll keep an eye on that. One more thing, and we can get through this relatively quickly because we've talked about Mike Williams a bit ever since he hurt the shoulder late last week. The first news that came out on was good news. The collarbone was not broken, totally intact, everything good there. Uh, later, it was reported that his shoulder was sprained, and then one day later, that day being yesterday, reported that he will be out for two to four weeks. So you can do the math right there. Two weeks takes you right up against week one. Four weeks takes you a couple of weeks into the regular season. I think right now it's probably a safe bet that Mike Williams is going to miss sometime. How much? can't really be determined. It probably won't be too much, but still something we have to think about for our drafts and auctions over the next couple of weeks. Uh, first question, DVR, does he remain on your board? Secondly, does this change the way you look at any of the Chargers' other pass catchers? I don't think I have enough deep league drafts left to where I would be comfortable drafting Williams at a discount. If I were playing in an NFFC league where you've got 20-man rosters, he's absolutely draftable because once he comes back, once he's fully healthy, he's good enough to play in those formats. But I think the short-term bump for me goes to Hunter Henry, who I think in the last two weeks has an ADP right around pick 100. So in a 12-team league, you're looking at him as a late 8th, early ninth round pick. Henry just has to stay healthy. You know, I think behind Keenan Allen, if he's the number two for the early weeks of the season, he can be extremely productive with a bump in targets beyond the potential return or likely return of Williams, I think Henry can still be a top 10 tight end week in and week out. I mean, this is a guy that makes big plays. Eight of his catches last year out of 55 catches went for 20-plus yards, and he's done that pretty consistently over the three years we've seen him on the field with the Chargers. So I'm just bumping Henry up my board, probably steering away from Mike Williams. I don't know if there's another receiver further on that depth chart who I'm interested in as a result of Williams' potential early season absence. Yeah, I'm right there with you, and I start to get a little bit worried about this offense as a whole. I've been fading Austin Eckler all summer. I think Phillip Rivers was you know, maybe the ideal guy this side of an elite quarterback to be there for Austin Eckler because of the fact that Phillip Rivers has always been someone who loves throwing the ball to his running backs. We're even hearing from our Colts beat reporters, Zach Kiefer and Steven Holder. I believe it was Kiefer who tweeted something to the effect of the Colts might set a record for targets to their running backs this season. Phillip Rivers has always been a guy who was more than happy to dump it when it was something that was falling apart or to have designed pass plays where the running back was the first read. So I think Austin Eckler is a tough sell uh, this season. Now you take Mike Williams out of the offense and you look at the rest of that wide receiver depth chart behind Keenan Allen. You've got the fifth round pick this year, Joe Reed, uh, Darius Jennings, a guy who you know, really hasn't done much to this point. There's really just not a lot on the depth chart at wide receiver. So I think Hunter Henry is the winner, but almost the winner by default because who else could it be, right? I mean, Keenan Allen's target volume is to a point where, you know, it can't really go any higher. You can't throw the ball 20 times a game to Keenan Allen as much as you might want to. Uh, and so I think Hunter Henry is the guy who picks up the slack in the short term. And it, this is actually something that makes me less concerned about Mike Williams because as long as this doesn't become something that turns from two to four weeks into four to eight weeks, he's going to step right back into that role. No one's taking a role away from him. No one's taking his target share away. So when he is healthy, I think he steps right back in as the guy that we expected him to be. And so I'm not really moving him down my boards. You weren't planning on him being a starter anyway, right from the jump. So not moving him down, still happy to take him. Maybe I push him down a spot or two, but an insignificant bump down 
for Mike Williams as a result of this shoulder injury. And that's going to do it. DVR, that's going to do it for us on this show. It's going to do it for you for this week. Have a great vacation, man. I am going to enjoy it. Getting some golf in, going to get some time out on a boat as well. Really looking forward to it. There you go. Well, any of you out there, if you're golfing, if you're boating, whatever you're doing, Fantasy Football in 15 is always a great companion. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show for DVR. I am Michael Beller. The show will be back with you tomorrow. DVR won't be here, but I'll be here. I'll have some special uh, co-hosts with me the rest of this week. We will talk to you then. Until then, have a great day.